And they came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. There was a small boy who was doing what small boys do when it comes time for bed. He kept calling his mommy into the room. Mommy, he called, I need to go to the bathroom. And so mommy came in and sat on the bed and he went to the bathroom, he came back. She tucked him in bed, she kissed him. She turned the lights off. Night, night, love you. 10 minutes later. Mommy, he called, I'm thirsty. So mommy comes in, she's got a glass of water. She sits on the bed. He drinks the water. She tucks him into bed. She kisses him on top of the head. She turns the lights off. Night, night. Love you. Ten minutes later. Mommy, there's a noise under my bed. So mommy comes in. She sits on the bed. She does a monster check, and gratefully, there are no monsters under the bed. She tucks him into bed, kisses him on top of the head, turns the lights off. Night, night. Love you. Ten minutes later, mommy, he calls, and this time mommy comes in prepared. Enough is enough. Now, son, she says, no more excuses. It's time for bed. And the little boy looks at his mommy in earnest. But I don't want to be alone in the dark, mommy. I want you here. But son, she says, you're not alone. God is here with you, and God loves you very, very much. The little boy thought about this for a minute, pondered what she said, and then he sighed. And he said to his mommy, yes, I know that God is here. I know that God loves me. But mommy, sometimes, sometimes you just need love with skin on it. Sometimes you just need love with skin on it. Friends, we're in the middle of our sermon series, Tough Love, Learning to Love Like Jesus. So far, we have watched Jesus love others in the gospel stories. We have paid attention to Jesus' teachings, and we've learned a few important things. We learned that loving like Jesus begins with paying attention, really paying attention to those that God puts before us. Then last week, we explored Jesus' teaching about self-righteousness. That was fun, wasn't it? Self-righteousness and the way we limit our love when we judge others. 
Today, I want to go deeper. Today, I want to talk about love with skin on it. Love that doesn't stay distant or detached. Love that comes close, really close. Love that meets people just as they are and just where they are. I want to talk about this because that is the kind of love that stands at the very heart of our faith, doesn't it? The Gospel of John proclaims, God so loved the world that he sent his only son, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, our God chose to come very close to our pain, to our experience, to our joy, and to our need, so close that he took on flesh and dwelt with us in Jesus Christ. We call this the incarnation. It's a fancy word that simply means wrapped in flesh, wrapped in skin. The incarnation stands as the central miracle of our faith, a testament to God's amazing grace, proof that God's love reaches into the very core of our human experience, into human skin to save us. But the incarnation is more than just an important doctrine of our faith. I believe the incarnation actually teaches us how to love. In the gospel stories, Jesus approaches people. He comes close to people. He enters into their lives. And we are challenged to do the same. We are challenged to love like that. Take, for example, Jesus' interaction with Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, in our gospel reading this morning. Because at first glance, it may just seem like another healing story, another blind man receiving his sight from Jesus. But look closer. In this story, Jesus and his posse and a very large crowd are all entering the city of Jericho. And there by the road is Bartimaeus. He sits in his usual spot, making himself visible to those passing by so he can engender pity, so he can make a little money as people are hurrying by. People hardly notice him anymore. He is such a fixture there at the side of the road. And then something strange happens. As Jesus walks by, Bartimaeus begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He gets louder and louder, and no amount of chastising will stop him. This, you need to know, is very odd behavior for a beggar. Because beggars are to be seen and not heard. Beggars are to become part of the background of things. Watch closely at what Jesus does here. He does what others would not do. He stops. Then he asks Bartimaeus to come close. And then there's the question the question that made all the difference. Jesus looks at Bartimaeus and asks, what do you want me to do for you? Now think about this for a moment. Why would Jesus ask this question? I mean, everyone knows that Bartimaeus is blind. Everyone knows that he sits by the side of the road day after day, and everyone knows what kind of mercy Bartimaeus seeks. 
Why then does Jesus ask? Friends, this is our first lesson about incarnational love. Incarnational love focuses on the other. Incarnational love crawls into the world, into the skin of the other. Jesus takes the time to briefly enter this blind man's world. He listens to Bartimaeus' words, his expression, his desire. Jesus could have just healed him and moved on. But instead of fixing Bartimaeus, Jesus was intent upon loving Bartimaeus. And loving him meant listening to his heart. It meant understanding his position. It meant hearing Bartimaeus' cry for mercy from his perspective. This, my friends, is no small thing. And Jesus did it over and over and over again. Think about Mary and Martha, those famous sisters that when Jesus went to their house, they were having a spat. Do you remember that? You remember Martha came to Jesus to complain about her little sister. I always think it's the little sister. I could be wrong, being the oldest myself. <laughs> Let's just assume she's the little sister. And Martha is complaining. Remember that Jesus takes the time to listen to Martha. He listens to her complaint. And then he even says those famous words that I love so much, Martha, Martha, Martha. You are so troubled about so many things. Friends, that is incarnational love. And speaking of Mary and Martha, what about the time their brother Lazarus died and they sent for Jesus? And Jesus came to them knowing he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And yet when he got there, what did he do? The Gospels record that he wept. He wept for his dead friend Lazarus. He wept for Mary and Martha. The friend he was about to raise from the dead, he weeps for him? Why weep? A miracle is about to occur. What is this all about? Well, it is incarnational love. Jesus enters the grieving world of his friends. Jesus comes close and he weeps. I could give you other examples. The woman caught in adultery, the woman at the well, the thief on the cross, Peter and Thomas after the resurrection. So often and so regularly, Jesus meets people in their own world, their own circumstance, and he comes close to them in love. Jesus actually shapes his love to the person, to their need, to their understanding, and to their world. That is loving with skin on it. That is incarnational love. So what are we to do? And what is the church to do? What does this teach us about showing love, the tough love of Jesus to those around us and to those in our world? Simply put, we need to practice incarnation. We need to learn to approach people, those who are close to us and those that we hardly know listening, thinking about their need rather than our own. In To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee wrote, 
You never really know someone until you understand things from their point of view, until you climb into their skin and walk around in it. That is incarnational love. And that is our calling as followers of Jesus Christ. Some of you have heard of Father Greg Boyle. He is a Jesuit priest, founder of Homeboy Industries. He wrote the book Tattoos on the Heart and the new book Barking to the Choir. I love that title. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> but he writes about the beginning of his very successful ministry, Homeboy Industries, the beginning of it back in the 1980s. He was a very young priest in a very poor church, the Dolores Mission Church in South Los Angeles. This little church was a bright spot of hope and peace in the middle of uh, ground zero for gang warfare in South, South, South Los Angeles. The public schools in South Los Angeles began to expel children as young as nine years old for fear of their connections with violent gangs. And so in that neighborhood, more and more children were roaming the streets, getting involved in criminal activity, wreaking havoc in the community. And so the question arose in this little church, could we bring those young people here to the church? Could we create an alternative school for them? Could we make a safe place for them? Well, I want you to imagine how well that idea went over with the good people of that parish. It wasn't long before a parish meeting was called and there were so many complaints. Should the church really be drawing so near to violence and distress? Arguments were made that letting gang members kick it at the church and getting so closely involved with them that it was dangerous, that it was wrong. According to Father Boyle, this was a critical moment for the parish. Would they enter the world of these hurting young people or not? Would they fire their young priest and make their parish a safe haven again for good people? Father Boyle writes, I didn't speak, but the E.F. Huttons of our community, who were the ladies from the community Bible study, ladies who'd been studying Jesus' incarnational love, they needed only stand and invoke Jesus. We help gang members at this parish, they said, because it is what Jesus would do. People applauded and the parish never looked back. Homeboy Industries has grown to be one of the largest, most comprehensive, most successful gang intervention, rehabilitation, and reentry programs in the country. 120,000 gang members have gotten out of gang life and into a life without crime. But it all began, it all began with a small group of faithful women who learned incarnational love from Jesus, who learned that loving like Jesus means coming close, meeting people where they are, who learned that loving like Jesus means putting skin on our love. It's messy, 
it's risky, it's not easy, and it's exactly what the people in your life need. It's exactly what the world needs. Love with skin on it, incarnational love. Imagine, imagine in your family or with a dear friend, if you were to practice incarnation, if you were to put yourself in their shoes and think like them, if you were to ask a few questions about what they need instead of trying to fix them, how might your love for them change? I have a dear friend with an eating disorder. It is the most frustrating thing imaginable, so hard to understand. I love her. I want to help her. God knows I want to fix her. But you know what she needs the most from me? She needs someone who tries to understand her self-defeating thoughts. She needs someone who tries to understand her triggers. She needs someone who can walk around in her skin a bit and feel her struggles so that she doesn't feel so alone. And I pray for the ability to practice incarnation with her all the time. Imagine our ministry here at WHPC if we as a church were to practice incarnation. How might it change the way we relate to one another? How might it change the way we relate to our community? How might it change the way we relate to those we don't understand and we don't interact with, but we really want to fix? We have a wonderful group of people in this church um, headed with, by Phil Ernst and Paul Walker and Beth McGrath. Uh, they call themselves the Goodness Gurus. Um, and they go out to Community First to help the residents there learn how to use their new tablets. Google helped uh, get the residents at Community First these tablets, and um, our wonderful church members decided, you know, that they could come up with a lesson plan. They could teach people how to get on the internet, how to use email, how to get connected, how to do Facebook. They had it all worked out, and they've been meeting with residents out at Community First now for um, a couple of months. But not long ago, I was speaking with Beth, and she said, it's so strange. We had all these great plans. We knew exactly what we wanted to do. We had an agenda. We were going to be so helpful. We were really going to fix this issue and get these people connected. But you know what I've been spending my time doing? Sitting and listening to stories. Sitting and getting to know people. Sitting and spending time with folks who need community. Friends, to love like Jesus, we must practice incarnation. We got to put some skin on our love. And that means drawing close rather than keeping our distance. It means entering into the world of others, working at understanding rather than fixing. It means shaping our love to the needs before us. After all, church. After all, we are Christ's body. 
We are God's love incarnate, made flesh with skin on in this world, for this time, in this place. Let that sink in. That means practicing incarnation is not a fun alternative activity for us as the church. No, incarnating, putting flesh on God's love and mercy is our primary activity as Christ's church. We are the body of Christ. Not just when it's convenient or easy or safe, but when it's risky and difficult and challenging. We are the body of Christ for those we don't understand and for those that we would rather keep our distance from. We are the body of Christ. And God calls us to make love real and tangible and clear, to put skin on love for those around us. May God give us the eyes, the hearts, and the spirits to practice incarnation. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you that in your great love you became flesh and dwelt with us and showed us a higher way to love. And we ask that you be with us today, that you teach us to be your body, that you teach us day by day and step by step how to show your love, put skin on love in your name for those around us and for this world so desperate for you. In Jesus' name, amen.